Unheard Yorkshire is a new podcast brought to you by Settle Stories, where we reveal hidden stories from Yorkshire. Unheard Yorkshire from Settle Stories. Unheard Yorkshire brings stories from the past and present, as well as highlights from the W.R. Mitchell archive. In this episode, we share tales of love and romance from the Settle area. Last week, we heard Ivy Seeger, interviewed by Bill Mitchell, describing how she came to Settle. She was remembering what her stepfather had said to her. If you don't settle at Settle, you won't (laughs) settle anywhere. Having settled in Settle, here she is talking about courting the man who later became her husband. And then you, you told me about when you were when you wanted a bit of a bit of time off for courting, didn't you? Was that it? Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> what happened there? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. and she she said yeah. it was Sunday. Yeah. You know, it was Sunday. You see, you could only you could only go out if you went to church, couldn't you? So what were you working? Were you working six days a week? Seven. Seven, Seven days a week. Seven hours living in. You see. She had half a day off. I wasn't married then, he said, husband, you know. No, half, half, uh, half a day off. He had half a day off a week, and, and Sunday night, if you went, if to, you church. went to church. Good Lord, heavens. Which half, which half day were you off? Well, sometimes it was Wednesday. It just, it just yeah. varied, you see. You'd want to go to bed then, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> Recover. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm, mm. yeah. when we started courting... Uh, told us you were courting like and that she said I only see him like once a week which she did on a Wednesday yeah. and uh, she says well he can call and see you you see well I used to go every night well that were wrong she said I didn't think it I didn't say I had to come every night you know uh, did uh, he go through the back I used to go yeah. around the back and yes. in the kitchen yeah. Uh, yeah. and she used to come through and I was sat there you see and took umbrage at it yeah. she said oh I don't want them coming every night <laughs> It's difficult to sort out your love life and hold down a full-time job. We all need time off for courting and dating. Now, you can get up to all kinds of mischief when you're in love. Here's Ian telling us how he, having stolen his friend's girl, snuck out to a festival with his date. My first main girlfriend was... It was quite strange how I met, actually, because I went with another lad who was seeing her. And you wanted, nicked his girl. Well, he wanted me to go as support for him telling her that he didn't want to go out with her. So I thought, oh, all right, then I'll come along. And Was this your same friend with the comics? No, oh. no, this is one from Kingsley School. My, my best friend, he went to Settle High School. So we only saw each other. During turn time, we didn't see much of each other. But no, this is one of one of the boarders there who'd met this girl only a couple of weeks beforehand, but I think he must have decided he didn't want to go out with her. But um, I only took one look at her and I thought, she's for me. <laughs> so Where did yeah. he go? Where did he meet her to tell her this? It was by the river, um, near Lancliffe. So it was quite a walk to go meet her. She was with a couple more friends. It was middle of summer, and she was there 
well, all three girls were all sat there by the river in the bikinis, and uh, we weren't we we weren't very old then, and uh, she was about three years younger than me, and like I say, I was only what would it be, fifteen, so she was only about twelve or so. But uh, yeah, we uh, we went out together for quite a while after that. So, so what did going out mean? What? How well, we would meet? meet up. We would um, sometimes I'd go round to her house and we'd listen to music, or she'd come to my house, um, or we'd just go walking, what have you. Uh, yeah, there was one weekend when uh, we went. There was a a small festival at Clitheroe music festival and I asked her if she wanted to go she said yes but I'm supposed to go to my dad's because her mother and father were divorced and my parents were going away for a, a weekend and my brother was in Australia at the time he went over as a £10 pump for a couple of years uh, so I, I had the house to myself and she says, well, I'm supposed to go to meet Dad. I says, well, tell your dad that you're staying at home. Tell your mum that you're off to your dad's. So <laughs> we had this arrangement. And anyway, we uh, you know, we spent the night together at my house. And then we went to this festival in Clitheroe. Didn't think anything about it. Thought we got away with this. And anyway, on the Monday morning, oh, no, sorry, Monday evening, um, it was the Granada News, and it says, yes, it was a very successful festival at uh, Clitheroe. I thought, oh no. And the first shot was like a zoom-in shot, and it zoomed in to me and this girl. And I thought, of all the hundreds of people that were there, why did he have to zoom in onto us? And I was sat there with my mum and dad, and oh God, it went through the roof. <laughs> I thought, oh just my luck <laughs> yeah of, of anyone you know you could have zoomed in on anyone but no it zoomed in straight on us we must have been a good looking couple I think that's what it was <laughs> but yes you never really trusted us after that Ian Jackman wasn't the only one that was up to mischief here is Annie Mason telling Bill Mitchell in 1988 about what she got up to in her younger days Somebody said to me at the over-sixties club, what's the matter with you two? You sit out with your heads together, you're having a, a very talk. She said, and this lady who is a widow, she said, you don't talk to Bill like that. It's my boyfriend. He has a wife. This is all just... Uh, mm. Oh, I said, Lizzie, you don't know half of it. I said, I've slept with Bill many a time. I said, and cuddled him up. He said, yes, when my tooth, my teeth ache was bad, he said, you've cuddled me up. These children we used to have, you see, and Nellie used to say, put him to bed because your mother, after her husband came back, you see, my mother would say, no, Nellie, you don't stay. You have a home and a husband, you go home, you see, and she would say, put him to bed and I would stop all night. When your love life is struggling, you can always rely on your parents to set you up with someone that they think is appropriate. Interviewer Andrea Ward caught up with Jean Carr. This is what she had to say. So how did you meet Rob? Uh, on a blind date organised by his mother. And, and his mother is Edith Carr. Edith, I knew because she used to work with Brian at the paper mill. 
and we always spoke and she used to be walking up to Langcliffe past my cottage and she said one day would, I, would you do me a favour I said go on then I think you know, she wants her skirt shot you know, something, you know, something because I did so you know, I was, uh, um, will you go out with our Robin he's so lonely she said so I said, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, he put me on the spot a bit. So, I, yes, I uh, agreed to go out with him. And my mum my keeps going on about it now. Uh, I sat in her kitchen and I said, apparently I said, if he needs his mother to organise his dates, mother, he can't be up to much. And I, I said, and I think I said, this is a mistake, mother, I should have said no. Um, but we went out and we hit it, just hit it off like that. And we, uh, so we were six months later, we were married. We just really got on really well. That was Jean Carr talking about meeting her husband, Rob Carr. And to think she almost didn't go on that date. Mothers do know best. Do fathers? I don't think so. I remember my dad setting me up on a date and he even came along to it. It didn't work out and I never met the young man again. Nowadays, instead of getting your parents to set you up, you can rely on the wonderful world of dating apps to help you find a single near you. Modern technology definitely has helped budding romances bloom. Courting back in the day wasn't quite so easy. Here's Alice Maunders, who we heard last week, talking to Bill Mitchell, telling us how girls from outside of Settle brought fresh blood to the town. Uh, they couldn't get girls to work in the, in, in the big houses yeah. uh, from Settle because they were working at Hector Christie's in the mills. They used to import them from away and that's why they always said that they import, uh, imported them because they were, they were intermarrying one another. Families were getting into marriage, you see, with a little mm. small community, mm. and they wanted some... We, we, we've always said we brought new blood into the village. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and so you, you left when you got married, did you? I left before I, went, left before I got married. <coughs> I went to a little bit... Uh, from a pound, from five shillings a week, mm. I went to Dick Turner's, the auctioneer's, at Bentham, and got mm. a pound a week, mm. because I wanted to get married, and I wanted more money, so why I wouldn't have left. Oh, no. And I left there. I was only, uh, I was only, um, what, mm. uh, nearly a year, and then I got married. Because mm. John was did, fed did, up. He was fed up cycling from Settle to uh, yeah. to Bentham. Can you imagine? That's two hours cycling there and back that Alice's fiance had to do just to see her. Now, if you're lucky, you'll meet your soulmate closer to home. I caught up with Charles Tyra, who told me about falling in love when he was at school. To tell me all about falling in love. Tell me about when you first fell in love, Charles. Well, it's quite simple, really, because I've only really fallen in love once, and it was in Settle. Oh, really? So how did you meet? Oh, golly, at school. You met at school? Yep. Um, we met at... It was all a bit of a mess when I came to Settle, discovering myself as a little gay boy... Um, and it, yeah, it was all quite dramatic, really, but we're still together now, so it's kind of a bit crazy. So you've been together, but have you always been living in Settle together? Uh, no, so we met at school, and it's one of those, you know, you, well, you might not know how it is, but it's kind of quite hard uh, when you're young, realising your sexuality. Um, so I met my partner, and we were, you know, best friends for a long time, and uh, every time when we went to these sort of teenage drunk parties, we'd, you know, maybe hug or... And those little hugs would get a little bit more each time and we'd sort of edge closer and closer to each other. Um, 
until eventually fireworks happened and it all kicked off yeah um and then we'd break up and we'd get back together and we'd be like i'm not gay oh da, 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 um until we could finally accept it i guess so what do you think uh, love means to you what does love mean to me um love means trusting somebody feeling safe with somebody uh, respecting somebody and building something together so now i know you both weren't living in the same place for a while you were traveling to be with one another so tell me what it's like when you've got a partner who's living somewhere away and and how you maintain a, a long distance relationship i actually thought that was quite exciting um because i never ever thought that i would um be with the same person for such a long period of time and i when I was a teenager living in the Settle area in a little village outside of Settle and all I wanted to do was escape from this place and discover the world um, but I was in love and that holds you back um, and I didn't want it to hold me back as such so the fact that we sort of had our distance I actually found was quite exhilarating so I could have my own sort of independent student life um, in Edinburgh and I would visit him down in Newcastle. But the in-between times, I could go out and have a laugh and uh, do my own thing. So it was kind of like the perfect world, really. After the courting, of course, comes the wedding and the marriage. If you're lucky, you'll stay with your partners. All too often, people get divorced. But when you do stay together and grow old together, there is a chance that you might even make your diamond wedding anniversary. Here is Henry Cox, a young lad from Giggleswick, telling Bill Mitchell how he marked his diamond wedding anniversary. What age were they when they started courting? Oh, they were the other day. Court started at school. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, it would have had many uh, a young man. I'll tell you what. I just, I just wondered, actually. If you didn't get much money at uh, the mill, you wouldn't be able to really start thinking of marriage for a long time. No. Oh, well, marriage didn't cost as much, neither. And I'll tell you something, if you'd like. Shall I sing him that song to put on? What's that one? Oh, when they were out down the wedding. They sang it at Bernard's. Oh. This, is a, this is a song, it's only one verse. And people didn't know should that I... So should you do it? Can you put it on? Just with me to phone. Pal of mine, through storm and sunshine, Though the gold has turned to grey, Deep in my heart, love burns brighter, as you go dearer day by day, side by side, we've journeyed onward, clinging closer all the time. Dear old girl, you're still my sweetheart, ever faithful pal of mine. That's pal of mine. The platinum. Yeah, oh, who, 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 who wrote that? Pardon? Who wrote it? 
That's all we've got time for this week. Next week, we'll be hearing stories of life at school. Some teachers you like and others you don't. He was very strict, wasn't he? Have you got any evidence of that? Uh, <laughs> 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 he used the cane quite a lot. Yes. I can only remember that he was the headmaster. Yes. Yes. He was rather sadistic. Pardon? He was sadistic. Yes. Was he? Yes. Ah, yes. Yes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends and ask them to subscribe too. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and all the major listening apps and at settlestories.org.uk. This podcast is sponsored by the Yorkshire's Money and Trust as part of Stories in Stone. Stories in Stone is a scheme of conservation and community projects concentrated on the Ingleborough Dales area. The scheme was developed by the Ingleborough Dales Landscape Partnership, led by Yorkshire's Money and Trust and supported by the National Lottery Heritage Fund.